Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. He's intentional. 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 Never failing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Isn't it comforting to know he will never fail you? He is intentional. Hallelujah. I can rest with that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God. Just another time to praise his word, to lift him up and give him all glory, praise and honor. Amen. Amen. Well, first of all, giving honor to God, who's the head of my life and the life of my family. To our, pe- our, pre- our, <laughs> to our pastor, Presley, we thank you. To you, the congregations that's here and those that are online, I welcome you here this morning to hear from what God has to say. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's take just a moment here and, 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 and uh, deliver a word of prayer and set the stage. So, Father, as we come to you today like no other day before, Father, for this is a fresh day in you. Father, we're honored to be here. We're honored to be before your folks, O oh Lord. We ask that you continue to bless us, bless every effort, everything that has to take place will take place. So, Father, we thank you for being intentional in our lives. So I pray now that a relevant word will come forth, one that will help make a difference in our lives, oh Lord. Let it not be dependent upon me, but let you get all glory and honor that we'll sit back and hear what you have to say today. Amen. Amen. My title this morning is Grunt Workers. Grunt Workers. On June the 10th, my wife and I, we celebrated 43-year wedding anniversary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what that did, it got me to thinking about all the folks that have come over to our home over the years. I'm talking about a whole lot of folk. I know that showing hospitality is a ministry, but in the book of Hebrews 13, 16, it says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So being a host and showing hospitality, it requires work. I mean work. If you're cleaning your home, you do what we call the deep dive of cleaning. And you're serving a meal, you're trusting that the menu will be to everyone's delight. When I go out and mow my lawn, I make sure every blade is even across the landscape. All the time we're wondering, have we prepared enough food for everyone to eat and drink? Making sure that there's enough dishes and silverware and chairs to go around and making sure that the temperature is at the right setting. Amen? 
So when we invite people to come over, we know that we will have to make some sacrifices to make sure that our guests have the best time possible. That's probably why most of us don't have a whole lot of entertainment because it involves a whole lot of work to make things right for our guests. But if you extend hospitality, you will find that the benefits and the rewards will far outweigh any of the sacrifices that you would have to make. Amen. In Hebrews 13, 2, it says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels unaware. Amen. My wife and I have found that our relationship deepens when people come over to our home for a meal. It goes beyond that surface relationship, and it helps us build lasting friendship and loving relationship over time with people. Something happens when you break bread and share a meal at your home uh, with people, and almost, it's almost like inviting Jesus to come in and to join you because ministry takes place there. Oftentimes, there's a special dynamic that takes place. You can't, you can't explain it, but the experience is there. It just happens. And we know that all the work that we put into to make sure our guest is going to have a good time is far less than it took back 2,000 years ago trying to host a man like Jesus. Can you imagine? Back then, they didn't have electricity or a gas stove, so cooking took a whole lot more time. Just getting water for the meal and to wash your guest's feet caused you to go out and draw water from a well and then haul it back to your home. There was no grocery stores back then, so you couldn't run down to the local Harris Teeter to get a rotisserie chicken that was already ready to cook and eat. Chances are you had to run out back and run down one of those yard birds, pluck it, and slice it up and cook it. You had to do it whether it was for a lamb or a goat. So uh, the same process took place. So someone hosting for a meal back then, it was a major challenge. It involved a great deal of work. We read in the 11th chapter of uh, the Gospel of John that Lazarus, who was a dear friend of Jesus, he died. For Martha and Mary, the death of their brother Lazarus, it loomed big for many reasons. See, back then, men were expected to provide for the women in the family. For a woman to lose a husband, a son, or a brother, it was a big deal. It could open them up to be taken advantage of. They could lose all their wealth. They could lose their home. It was a torturous time when you lost your son or, or your husband, and they were not there to provide for you. So right now, we talk about our um, uh, unmarried women, and you think about the things that they go through. They relied on a man being in the house for protection and for security. The word that we read earlier said that Jesus did not show up to Lazarus' tomb. He had been dead for four days. Four days marks an important point in the faith of Jews when it comes to their belief in what happens to the spirit after death. Back then and even now, most Jews believe that the spirit of a person hovers near that body for three days and then finally it goes to where it's going to for eternity. That's why I believe Jesus waited those four days to come to the family. It wasn't like he was far away either. 
According to the word, it says when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he was only just a couple miles away. It's not like he had to take two or three days to get there. But he waited to the fourth day, and that's when he showed up. And he waited specifically on the fourth day so that when he came to raise Lazarus back to life, there would be no doubt that this was God at work. Lazarus and his two sisters, Martha and Mary, were a family that God dearly loved, and they loved Jesus. Jesus was a very busy man. He was, main, he was ministering all over Israel. People were always hosting him. They wanted him to come to their homes. It made me wonder why and how Jesus came to love Lazarus and his family so much. Maybe it was because of their hospitality, their warmth. Maybe the love that he felt when they were in his company. One thing I noticed in the passage when we read it, it said in the Gospel of Luke, it said that the house that gave Jesus hospitality was Martha's house. Now, I don't know if Lazarus, Mary, or Martha all lived together or if they lived in their individual homes, but Scripture says it was Martha's home that Jesus received hospitality. Now, just think about it. Martha had the opportunity to serve as host to Jesus on several occasions. Of all the people who've ever lived, Martha is one of the few who could visit with Jesus face-to-face in a personal setting as a friend. What a privilege, what a privilege. Jesus obviously felt welcome at Martha's house. Down through church history, there have been a lot of sermons preached about Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They're, the one, of, they're one of the most popular families in the Bible. I'm sure we've all heard of sermons raising the, uh, uh, Jesus, hearing that Jesus is raising Lazarus from the dead. I've even seen it demonstrated in plays and on the silver screen. I'm sure we've all heard sermons about how Mary poured expensive oil on Jesus' feet to anoint him. Then there is Martha. I don't know if I've ever heard a positive sermon about Martha. The sermon that I've that, that I've heard mentions that Martha was always complaining about how much work she had to do. She is usually painted as that, uh, that worker bee, that unspiritual sister. Much of what we hear about Martha is taken from the passage we read from the Gospel of Luke where Martha is complaining to Jesus that her sister is not helping her serve him and all of those that journeyed with him. Martha's nature was to be hospitable, to be a good host. She wanted, to, wanted his stay to be pleasant. After all, it was Jesus that she was hosting. She wanted everything concerning his stay to be right, his room, his favorite dish. But Scripture says that she was distracted by all of the preparation that she had to go through, which prevented her from spending time with Jesus. Jesus was really there to comfort her, and her sister Mary, as well as with their friends that have come to mourn. Hallelujah. In the passage of Scripture, Mary is thought to be that spiritual one. She's the one that's sitting and listening to Jesus. She's not up serving like her sister Martha. Jesus said that Mary made the better choice. Martha, on the other hand, is remembered in less complimentary ways. As based on the scriptures, poor Martha had been negatively 
compared to her sister for over 2,000 years. But today, I would like to shine a light on Martha and all of the Marthas that are out there. I call them the grunt workers, the people who do what it takes to get things done, the people who are not afraid to get their hands dirty. Most of them are unappreciated. We don't even notice them because they're working in the background to make sure everything that needs to be done is done and done right. They often get up early in the morning and stay late at night, making sure things are done. Grunt workers, they're often the least protected and the most underpaid of all workers. But let them not show up. Let them not be on their duty, and then we're all in trouble. Now, if you know anything about the ministry of Jesus, you know that he was a hard-working man. He probably ministered to hundreds of thousands of people over those three and a half years of his earthly ministry. He was constantly moving, healing, teaching people. The crowds that followed him hounded him day and night to do more, to teach more, to heal more. I would imagine at times he would get worried and tired and hungry, and sometimes he just needed to relax around some good hospitality among friends. So I'm sure Jesus appreciated how much Martha served when he got to her house. Her hospitality may have been one of the things that kept him coming back over and over again. And like I said, serving even one guest is tough. Whenever Jesus showed up, he probably had 12 other men with him as well as a crowd. Imagine having to feed and to, to uh, uh, take care of a, 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 a crowd of hungry religious people. Someone said there's not enough chicken in the world to take care and satisfy their appetite. But I'm sure the people on our hospitality committee, they can tell you here at the, the Grove, we can tell you some horror stories about how people are and how, how uh, indignant they can get when they're hungry and they want you to serve them in a hurry. So when someone like Jesus come for a visit, you expect all hands to be on deck. You expect everybody in the house doing something. Whatever is necessary, whether it's cooking or cleaning or getting the water, whatever it takes, you want to make sure your, custo your, cust your, 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 um, your guest is taken care of. And they're there living comfortably. That is why that we shouldn't fault Martha for complaining. If it, were, if it were her, I would probably have been complaining too, if it was me. She was doing all the grunt work, making sure everybody had whatever they needed. She wanted to make sure that the food was right, that the, bed, the bread was being baked, making sure that every cup had drink in it. Martha, the grunt worker, the worker bee, grunt workers often don't get enough credit. I've gained a new appreciation for our grunt workers since the pandemic. Grunt workers were the people in the grocery store keeping our shelves stocked so, so that we could get anything that we needed. They were the ones that worked around customers that were too inconsiderate to wear their masks. Grunt workers, these are people flawlessly served us. They stayed on the job no matter what was going on in, in the world. Whether there was a storm or a pandemic, they were found serving. Grunt workers, thank God for grocery store workers. I've never paid much attention to grunt workers of the world before the pandemic. But now I do. Like teachers putting up with our children and our grandchildren. 
I appreciate our, our teachers like I've never done before. I don't know how they do it. Teachers having to put up with our kids, sometimes 25 to 30 of them in a classroom, working with them Monday through Friday. Some of us can't spend more than five minutes teaching our own children before we're ready to smack them upside the head. I'm talking about grunt workers. How about those truck drivers that kept delivering the toilet paper and all the other stuff we buy in the stores and online? Some of them had to work around the clock just to keep things moving. Our mail carriers, they were found delivering mail all times of the day and all throughout tonight. Grunt workers, I thank God for them. I'm thankful for all the faithful members of this church who gets up early every Sunday morning so that we, so that you and I, we can worship at our regular time. I thank God for our praise team who brings timely songs and praises. I thank God for our musicians who set the atmosphere. I thank God for social media that had the insight to get us online, to keep us together as a team. We thank God for our grunt workers. We thank God for those that would greet us at the doors and those that will take our temperature as we come into the sanctuary, our grunt workers. We thank God for the grunt workers. We praise God for what you did for us. Grunt workers, people working hard to make things happen. People putting others before themselves. People working not for fame, not for attention, but because of their faithfully doing the things that need to be done so that people could be refreshed and hear a word from God. So that's why I lift up Martha and all the Marthas that are out there. Grunt workers. It was Martha, not Mary, who was first to get up to go meet Jesus. I lift up Martha, the grunt worker, because she got to Jesus. She is a woman who knows who he is. Apparently, while she was working, she was also listening to him because she knew and she was reminding him that he is God with power and authority. She said to him, if you had been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. I lift up Martha in this preaching moment because she provided the hospitality that allowed for her and everyone in her home to learn who Jesus was. Don't you wish you could have been a fly on the walls in her homes? Don't you wish you could have been there to hear a relaxed Jesus talked for hours on end. When Martha goes out to meet Jesus after the death of her brother, she knows who she's going to see. I am going to see the king. She knows that Jesus is able to raise the dead. She knows that his prayers are always answered. She knows that Jesus is the son of God. I lift up Martha because the word Martha speaks to Jesus are some of the most profound words that you will find in the Bible. Listen to the dialogue that took place in John 11, 24 to 27. This is Martha talking to Jesus. Martha says, uh, says to him, I know he will rise again in the last day. Then Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever so lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And this is her answer. She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one that's coming into the world. Martha's words are as equal to the ones that Peter spoke when Peter declared that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. I grew up hearing all kinds of sermons about Peter and those words, and they made Peter out to be, he was the, 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 the wisest of all the disciples because of that insight. But I can't remember hearing a sermon where Martha was held in that same admiration for her similar words. This Sunday, I want you to remember all the grunt workers, all the Marthas that are out there in the world. They have helped us get through probably the most difficult times that we will ever face. They have more insight than we can imagine. They deserve our appreciation and respect. As we go forward, let us not take them for granted anymore. And let's take a moment to give them, our grunt workers, a round of applause. May God get the glory. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org.